0: you know, lower, in, and that's really a class issue, and, and race does come into play. This
1: is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR, 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. I think Alyssa is dabbing in the background. Yeah. All right, she's getting She's turning up. All right, guys, so this <laughs> is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on whcr 90.3 fm the voice of harlem if you're just tuning in my name is selena hill i'm here with Alyssa fuchs and jackie cohen stanley fritz is on a break well he's actually Stanley's on the fritz ah. he's oh, on the fritz
0: right oh you mean chet i called him chet, chet. this week
1: yeah we chet Chet's aka fritz. stanley fritz he is somewhere fighting for oh, justice you know why
0: i called him chet because he i said that thing about um serena williams winning the the, the tournament while pregnant yeah and and St- Stanley said something that I can't repeat on the radio, but he was like, you know, the best comment was, she wasn't that pregnant. Yeah, she
2: wasn't that pregnant, said every man ever. I can't. I can't Well... Oh, you know what? I'm glad we brought up Serena because we forgot to talk about
3: that. Oh, yeah. I In the news
1: roundup. But yes, yeah, Serena Williams is definitely pregnant. She's a goddess. Yes. And she's going to have goddess babies. We're all very happy about that. Okay. No. So um, we're moving on. Uh, and now we are going to be talking about the war on science. Science is under attack. But guess what? Scientists. And science enthusiasts and just people who believe that science is necessary, we are fighting back. And that fight happened that took place yesterday, which was Earth Day. Thousands of scientists and supporters attended the March for Science in Washington, D.C. Now this way the way this march even came about was really funny or ironic so like i think it was like a day after the women's march back in january people on the internet were like you know what we should march for science science is under attack i'll tell you why in a few more minutes and we need to let our voices be heard and make sure that funding is secured so that we can continue to do the research that frankly keeps people alive that finds uh, cures for different diseases that funds vaccines to keep our children safe, a lot of different things. So that's what they did. They said they started a social media campaign and then it blossomed into a global movement that includes 600 cities and hundreds of thousands of participants. And again, they came out and they marched in droves everywhere from Washington, D.C. to L.A. to here in New York City. And they were saying that Donald Trump you cannot take away facts evidence and science so the organizers behind this march for science they were mo- they say they were motivated by Donald Trump to come out and to say because Donald Trump you know is someone who called uh, climate change a hoax he even questioned the safety of vaccines and even though science Scientists uh, traditionally do not get involved in politics. They try to stay and remain very neutral. They said we have to take a stance and enough is enough. And what deepened their resolve was when President Trump appointed cabinet members who seemed very hostile to the sciences, to say the least. Like we have Scott Pruitt, who literally tr- tried to sue the EPA. Like he filed lawsuits against the EPA, like Over and over again, within six years, I think he filed like 15 uh, different lawsuits against the EPA, and now he's heading the EPA, even though he's on record of saying we don't need one. So, I mean, and on top of that, Donald Trump, a few weeks ago, he proposed a budget that would severely cut the Environmental Protection Agency, aka the EPA. Actually, it would cut it by 31% and eliminate a quarter of the agency's 15,000 employees on top of that Donald Trump's budget would also severely cut the National Institutes of Health so yes this is a war on science again Donald Trump comes from the school of thought where facts don't matter he is in a world where reality doesn't matter it's all about alternative facts so it's all and about money. It's all about money. It's all about money. It's all about corporate interest. And I think it's all about his stupidity. Like it's it's like seriously, like it's it's just it's just him being used as a puppet from from lobbyists and corporate interests who were like, you know, we rather support big oil Big lobbyists, then the health and safety of uh, our children, of our water, of uh, vulnerable communities that are liable to, you know, go under uh, to be to be flooded out if something like that happens. So they don't care what they care about, again, is the money. So um, meanwhile. As we approach Donald Trump's first 100 days, uh, he's also been trying to roll back Obama's progress on curbing climate change. And he has taken a lot of different actions to do exactly that. So, again, before we open up this conversation to the panel, let me just reiterate how bad science policy, it hurts the most vulnerable and marginalized uh, communities in our country. We can just look at what happened in Flint. We can look at what happened. During Hurricane Katrina in the Lower Ninth Ward in New Orleans, we can look at what happened during Superstorm Sandy or the Dakota Access Pipeline. I mean, it's just you can even look at what happened during the Ebola outbreak in West Africa without science, without vaccines, without progressive research on how to curb climate change. Things like this are going to continue to happen. So that is why, again, everyone came out yesterday to March for Science. So I want to start this conversation conversation off by throwing the first question out uh, to you,
2: Jackie. Why is science so important? And is there a war on science? There's definitely war on science. And I don't think that it's new in Trump's administration, but I think it's been bolstered, certainly with his cabinet choices. Um, And I think that you mentioned in the in your intro that scientists don't typically play a huge role in politics, and I think that's true, but I think that there's a tremendous role that they can play. And something that I thought was really interesting, I was um, watching a video that a friend of mine who is a scientist, she's a neuroscientist at NYU, um, who attended the rally in D.C. yesterday, and she posted a great video um, talking about linking science and politics, and there was like a teach-in happening that um, that was being streamed live and um, there was someone speaking from scientists action and advocacy network um, which is a group of scientists that released a report um, or study I guess in March um, about raise the age and using a science-based approach to advocate for raise the age and what they found was that charging younger people as adults likely r- led to recidivism um, and they studied juvenile brain chemistry to get to this conclusion and so I think that by you know it's We can you know, facts do matter, right? Facts do matter at the end of the day. When you're able to prove scientifically that something works, you're able to have a much stronger argument. And so that is critically needed, I think, in politics, especially now. And I think that it doesn't just apply when we're talking about health and climate. It's talking about, you know, criminal justice reform and changing the way our politics work. I think that we can take a science-based approach. I mean,
0: I think it applies to everything. One of the best, I was at the New York City March yesterday, and one of the best signs that I saw was a sign that said, With no science, you have no this, and what the this was was a drawing of a beer. Okay, which is like you don't realize that everything in your world, everything in your life is connected to science. Without science, there's no beer, there's no wine, there's no liquor, there's no iPhones, there's no computers. There's, you know, literally everything in your life touches and concerns science in some ways. Uh, Another great signs, a bunch of signs that I saw uh, at the march yesterday was polio, not brought to you since 1961. (laughs) Thank you, science. Um, Another sign that I saw at the march was, what do we want? Science. When do we want it? Your multiple independent Peer-reviewed published studies Um, You know Another sign that I really liked Was got plague Yeah, me either Thank a scientist So, you know The fact is People think about science And, you know They they talk about climate change And they talk about Climate change denial Which we are going to talk about Later on in the show When we talk about The People's Climate March That is going to be going on next week But the thing that A lot of people don't seem to get Is that science touches Every single facet of their life And that scientific facts are true Whether you believe them or not. Right. And so if, which, by the way, is Neil deGrasse Tyson, because give credit where credit is due. Cite um, your sources. Uh, cite your sources, <laughs> um, because you wouldn't be doing good as a scientist if you didn't. Science also makes us think critically and question things and be skeptical, which is another skill that we need when we're talking about politics and when we're listening to what politicians are saying about things that are going on. So science is just so important, um, you know, from a level of, you know, everything from the, it, the microchips that run your cell phone um, are, and the equations that help us build bridges and put up buildings and all these other things Um, but science also gives us a way to think about things critically and in those respects like we have to really value science and it shouldn't be political science is not a liberal conspiracy you (laughs) know science is is is, is, you know two plus two is four whether you're a liberal or a conservative selena Alyssa,
1: you were at the march for, uh, for science yesterday in new york city why was it so important for you to be there
0: um, so it was really important for me to be there for the very reason I sort of just pointed out which is I value science and I value scientific thought I may not be a scientist but science comes into play in so many different facets of our life um, you know that we could not survive without it we're using science and technology right now to solve some of the most in-depth problems that we are facing as a generation um, and as uh, a people uh, in society not just here in America but or all over the globe we're using it to answer questions um, from things Things like Jaggy points out about social sciences about who's going to commit um, crimes and whether or not people are going to recidivate and who can we pred- you know and things like jury science which Comes into play yeah. in um, in law and in my field constantly. Um, we're using science to build things. We're using technology, uh, technological advances to figure out how to deal with some of the problems, um, such as overpopulation, food supply sources, um, and you know. At the same time, we're also we live on a planet that we only get one. It there is no planet B. There is no plan B. If we destroy this Earth, then there is nowhere else for us to go. And so that's why I was at the march yesterday. Because to me that's why science is so important
1: definitely so so the question i have now is why is science being so politicized i mean Alyssa made some great points it just makes sense two two plus two will always equal four and guys if you have the answer to that you can call us up at 212 650-6903
2: so why is science being politicized well first of all i think everything is politicized everything is right but i think that it's tough when you have this this um, field of study that can prove something to be true undeniably right so if you're a politician and there is an experiment done that proves something to be true that is against what you are you know against your political agenda you're going to fight it right you're going to find ways to um, weaken public support of science right so that you can stay in power and you can use whatever narrative it is to promote your own agenda um so that's really really dangerous right we've discussed that this is a really problematic viewpoint that it you know that to belittle science and to say that you know this isn't real facts don't matter um gets us into a lot of trouble because politicians don't care about science right especially if it doesn't prove the point that they want to make. If somebody has a vested interest in a corporation that is doing something that's harmful to the environment, and you have a study that comes out that shows how dangerous to the environment to public health that practices they're going to lose money right and they don't want to lose money they don't want to lose power so they're going to do everything they can to dismantle public trust of that process
1: well speaking of studies done by scientists in 2010 a report for north carolina's coastal resources commission uh revealed that sea levels along the state's coastline could rise as much as 39 inches by the end of the century now you know how people reacted to this report They were extremely alarmed, but the most alarmed people were the real estate and economic Mm -hmm. development companies, which attacked the report. And the Coastal Commission was completely ignored. Now, the authors and the scientists behind this report, they were also slandered. And the legislator in North Carolina passed a law that barred state and local agencies from developing regulations or planning documents anticipating a rise in sea level. So literally what happened, scientists said, we're going to be in jeopardy in a few more decades. This is what we need to do to protect our grandchildren. And they
0: barred that. Right? I mean, that's a real issue when when you value your monetary interests over the scientific studies. I mean, science is, like I said, supposed to answer these questions. And sometimes it's going to come out in a way that you disagree with. I mean, this happens to liberals, too. I mean, we see this mostly in terms of conservatives and in terms of climate change because they there's a lot of jobs at risk, right? I mean, like, for example, coal and oil jobs and stuff like that. If climate change is real and we are causing it and what's causing it is fossil fuels, then there's going to be a push to get rid of fossil fuels and that's Mm going to affect people's jobs and people's bottom lines and they don't like that. So rather than say you know what we need to figure out other jobs you know, and and transition these people into working into wind power and working in solar power because this is really happening they instead attack the science and try and make it seem like it's a hoax because they're afraid about their own bottom line. On the other hand this can be the flip side for liberals which is sometimes science can prove something that we disagree with and we have to be able to accept that also. So I'm all for Every single group not politicizing science and using it uh, to prove what it proves and admitting that sci- when science is correct, we have to listen to it. But I totally agree with what Jackie and what you were both saying. I'm not going to repeat it, which is yeah, when science proves something that's going to affect somebody's bottom line, instead of saying, hmm, maybe I should think about my own business and what I'm doing, they instead decide to attack scientists. We're starting to see that change a little bit. Right now, a big proponent in favor of climate change action is Coca Cola because Coca Cola. Which is a huge multinational company is realizing that the warm climate is affecting their ability to produce soda and uh, and it's affecting their bottom line. And So now they want to do something about it. So my thought is when big multinational companies and I wish it wasn't like this because, you know, we could talk about corporatism at length, which is not something I'm in favor of. But when a big multinational company like Coca-Cola comes out and says, let's fight climate change. They're going to help to get things done. And we need to have more of that, even though we don't necessarily agree with some of these multinational corporations and their stances. And
2: I mean, we talked about that a bit in the first segment, right? I, I don't think that Fox News, getting back to what we talked about earlier, was really interested in booting their most lucrative um their lucrative show, right? Their top rated show and getting rid of Bill O'Reilly, but when corporations started pulling out funding from Fox News, we saw a shift. So, I mean, it, right, it's like it's an unfortunate truth, but that's right. It's the truth.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what, you know, Alyssa, we were all talking about uh, the polarization of a science, which should not be going on, but we know that big money, big corporations and lobbyists are the reasons why science is being polarized. But you know what? A lot of critics, including scientists, said that the march for science itself politicized science and this one uh, really renowned scientist he came out he wrote an op-ed in the was- in the New York Times and he was saying that this march and I quote only uh, reinforce the narrative from skeptical conservatives that scientists are an interest group and politicize their data research and findings for their own ends and in this op-ed he also talks about how How Alyssa said that science is being sort of like uh, used as a propaganda for for conservatives to say it's just a liberal conspiracy, and he was saying that perpetuates that theory because all these liberals are coming out, they're bashing Trump, and what we're we're
0: trying to convey to them is that science helps us all. This is not the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with that because I met people at the science march yesterday that. Might not have voted for Trump, but that don't consider themselves to be liberals per se. I mean, I spoke with somebody at the end of the march yesterday. Um, uh, well, you know, I, w- I was at the march with my aunt, but, you know, at some point I was speaking to people as I was walking and talking. And somebody said to me, like, you know, for the most part, I consider myself to be pretty libertarian. Um, you know, they're like, I lived in, you know, they were like, I'm from New Jersey. I voted for Gary Johnson, um, which <laughs> we could have a larger conversation about that like in particular. A very smart part like they didn't they didn't you know but the guy was a scientist he really cared about scientific research he was not against government funding that went to scientific research he might have had some political ideology issues himself uh, that he was working sure. his way through um but you know he said to me like i'm here because i don't think science is inherently political and i don't think everybody that was at that march yesterday was necessarily a liberal i think you yeah. had a diverse range of people and experiences at the march yesterday but everybody that was there really really cared about science um so you yeah. know that's we, you know that's really the important thing we have to stop ignoring thi- scientific theories when they disprove things that we agree with or vice versa agreed and as alicia was talking about
1: marches there's another big march that's coming up it's called the people's march people's climate, climate march, march. Yes. thank you the people's climate march which is going on a few more days we need to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to be talking about this second march that's going to be going down across the country stay right here this is let your voice be heard <laughs> and we are back this is let your voice be heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM the voice of Harlem We're off air. We were all getting into the groove. Jackie was over there dancing. Feeling it,
3: yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. I think Alyssa wasn't feeling the song. Oh, you kidding me? I love that song. Oh, okay, great. So we're all on the same page, guys. So where we left off, we were talking about the March for science which again took place on earth day where scientists and science supporters came out in droves to say enough is enough with this attack this a war on science which which is being perpetuated by the trump administration so as i said we're going to move this conversation along to talk about the People's Climate March, which is coming up in just a few more days. And FYI, I actually went to the People's Climate March last year, and I plan to be there again this year, God willing, in just a few more days. And we have a very special guest on the line who will be joining us for this conversation. We have with us Paul Getzels. He is the National Coordinator of the People's Climate. Climate March, and he is on the line with us. Good afternoon, Paul.
3: Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing?
1: We're doing really, really well in light of the attack on science and global and climate change. But, you know, we're hanging in there and we definitely thank you uh, for your work, for your advocacy and also for calling into our show today to talk about the People's Climate March. So, you know, we just wrapped up a conversation about the March for Science, which took which took place yesterday. Can you tell us what's going to be happening on April 29th at the People's Climate March?
3: Yeah, definitely. So uh, the People's Climate March grew out of uh, the People's Climate Movement, which grew out of the march in New York City in 2014. Uh, and we have really worked to make a connection between climate and economic and racial justice. Uh, we're going to really be lifting up uh, the stories of Frontline communities, communities of color, workers, uh, poor people, young people, students in college, uh, because these are the communities that are most impacted by climate change, and not only climate change, but attacks by the Trump administration and uh, the current Congress. So on April 29th, uh, we're going to be marching from the Capitol, uh, where we're going to be presenting our demands around action on climate, creating good jobs for everybody and protecting uh, all of our folks and all of our communities from attacks. We're going to march down Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, We have lots of art, lots of banners, uh, some amazing shields of resistance that we'll be carrying along the streets. And we're going to end up at the White House where we're hoping, and we hope that everyone here on the phone can join us. Uh, We're going to surround the White House and do a mass action around the White House where we show President Trump and his 1% uh, supporters in the White House that our communities are going to fight back, we're going to resist, and we're going to demand action on climate, we're going to demand action on creating good jobs for people, and that he stops the cuts and attacks on our communities. So we really Mm -hmm. hope you can join us for an exciting day.
2: Well, I will say I just booked a ticket earlier this week to get on a bus at 6 a.m. from Brooklyn to head down to D.C. next Saturday. So I will definitely be there and hopefully awake (laughs) when the march starts off. Um, And Paul, you mentioned a bit um, intersectionality within the climate justice movement, um, which I think is something that's really important that we don't talk enough about, about the different communities that are affected by climate change. Can you Talk a bit more about why, as a movement, intersectionality is so important.
3: Because I, I think there's a couple of reasons. Right, there are root causes for all of the issues that we um, that we work on, and a lot of those root causes are um, focusing primarily on the profit motive, uh, racism, sexism, um, and 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 other issues that are structural. Um, you know, the the reason why fossil fuel companies and uh, corporations, you know, they make a profit by doing things cheaply. And when you do things cheaply, it's usually poor and working class people and mostly people of color that are impacted by that. If it's where uh, plants are, are located, if it's the water systems like Flint that are um, compromised and uh, where lead poisoning and things happen, You know, it's the most, um, it's the lowest-income people. It's uh, communities that are uh, disenfranchised and don't have access to power, that are always the ones that are impacted. And that's the same for climate change. I live in New York, and uh, I used to be the, um, I was the founding organizer of Community Voices Heard, which uh, organizes in public housing projects and around welfare. And our members in Coney Island, our members in um, the Far Rockaways. Their housing was impacted by mm-hmm. Sandy with mold and, um, you know, in their apartments. So I think we have to really be honest here that rich people you know rich people are going to be able to buy themselves out of some of the worst consequences of climate change working people and poor people are going to be suffering first
0: right I mean we saw this directly when we look at Hurricane Katrina Um, you know the people that were impacted the most and the people that are always impacted the most by these big storms and the uh, subsequent effects of climate change are people who live in low-income communities and in general um, low-income communities of color Um, you know that said I have two questions for you Paul Um, number Number one is, um, for people who can't make it down to D.C., is there going to be a sister march here in New York um, that people can attend? And if so, what are the details for it? And number two, when when are we all going to die from climate change? <laughs> when When is well, Trump getting us all well, killed?
3: <laughs> I mean, first, uh, I think it's really important that people get in the streets and contact their legislators and take on this Trump administration and the corporate elite, uh, so that we don't die from climate change, right? And I think that's an important thing. We can, uh, we can stop and slow down the effects. We can make a huge impact. Uh, so I think people have to get active in their communities. And uh, I'm going to urge everyone, if you can, like you did. We really need people in Washington D.C. So it's the hundredth day of the Trump administration. Trump is holding a big rally in Pennsylvania. He's gonna he's gonna say, Oh, I have fifty thousand people at my rally. The climate how many people did the climate change rally get? So we hope everyone will come down to DC. I know it's a long ride, but that's our biggest ask for folks, you know, by car, by train, by bus. Right. No, I um, just I'm just curious, is there it. a sister yeah, no, march? Say, oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, is there a sister march going on in New York?
3: Yeah, so there are a few. Um the, uh, the biggest one right now is happening in Queens, ironically enough, at a public housing development in Queens. And if people check up on our website, peoplesclimate.org, uh, you will find where that is happening. I believe there's also one in Brooklyn, but I'm not sure where.
2: Definitely. Jackie? Yeah, and for folks that are, are on the fence about heading down to D.C., I mean, I, it is a big big action, especially if you've never done something like that before, I would definitely recommend that you do it. Um, I would say for our listeners, if you're on the fence but you think that you want to go and you're a little nervous about it, tweet at me at Jackie Cohen, J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. I I will definitely be down there and would be happy to meet up if you're a listener of the show and are heading down to D.C. next Saturday.
0: Alyssa, really quickly? Yeah, no, I just wanted to mention, um, last year I went to the People's Climate March, the big one here in New York City. It was phenomenal. There was an immense amount of people it wasn't last year okay, you guys It was, two, re- years it was ago. two years ago Yeah I know It feels it like feels last like year, this year. Um, But it was great There was an immense Amount of people there I think it was one Of the largest marches Ever uh, held in New York City yeah, it was amazing um, There was fabulous Floats and signs And the best part About it was walking Past Fox News Headquarters <laughs> And flipping Fox News Off um, So you know If only to flip off Fox News I encourage you uh, To show up to The People's Climate if March If only to flip off The right. president If only to flip off The president I encourage you to go to D.C. for the People's Climate March. Selena? No, definitely. I stand behind it
1: 100%. If you guys can go, it is well worthwhile, because not only is it a good time, not only are you connecting with like-minded folks who care about the environment, but again, this is about justice, particularly in communities of color, as Paul uh, mentioned. Um, we get hurt the most whenever there's a superstorm, storm, whenever there's floods, wherever. You, you, you know, if you think about it, even when it comes to our businesses and our communities, if everything is flooding, we can't get to work and for a lot of us and our children we depend on day to day uh, uh the, we depend we depend on going to work day to day because it affects our pay cuts our paychecks so again guys we cannot stress the importance of joining the people's climate march this saturday it's coming up and again paul if you can just let everyone know how they can best reach out to you uh to get in touch or to uh, buy a ticket to come to uh, washington dc <laughs>
3: Yeah. So real quick, let me just say two things and I'll do that. One is how many other times no other march has pledged to do a sit in around the White House with 50,000 people against Donald Trump. So I really hope people come down who are amped up and excited. You're going to be we're going to do a sit in. We're going to we're going to do it right around the White House. It's totally legal, um, but it's going to be a powerful action. And two, Donald Trump is having a rally that night, and we got to really show him up that day. So those are two reasons why it's important to get to D.C. If you want to find out about D.C., you can reach me at – I'm going to give you my email address, paul at peoplesclimate.org. If you want to reach out to me uh, directly, paul at peoplesclimate.org, and I will connect you up to the right person. But the other thing is check out peoplesclimate.org and go to Buses. And if there's a if there's a youth group, if there's a school, if there's a bunch of friends that want to organize a bus, we also give subsidies, and we're helping out. Um, we're helping out figure out how to fill buses with community groups. So okay. that's it. And we are still 20 more buses, and we are going to outdo what Do- the number of buses that went to Donald Trump's uh inauguration so we're really trying hard to fill up another 20 buses so i just want to thank everybody for for being out in the streets and for doing the great work you guys do
2: thank you we'll see you in dc we
1: will see you in dc again that was paul getzels he is the national coordinator at the people's climate movement and i just wanted to wrap this segment up by Talking about the importance for us to support science and climate change research with our federal and local dollars. This is used to protect People. And I'm so happy that our generation is standing up right now to say that these attacks on science and this denial that climate change exists is going to end now. Because if we do not put a stop to this, then these bad science policy decisions are going to affect and hurt us the most. That is why it's imperative for us to continue to fund and back science, science research, and to tell the Trump administration, you are not going to be run by big uh, corporate interests. We elect. Well, not we. The people elected you into pre- into this office. But now that you're there, you have to represent all of us. And one of the biggest uh, the biggest threats to all humanity is not nuclear weapons. It's not immigrants coming into the country. It's not, not, it's not us not having a wall. It's climate change yeah. because it affects the entire planet, planet Earth. We only get one, and it's our duty to protect that. And on that note, we do have to take another quick break. But don't go anywhere. When we come back, we will be hearing from Alyssa, who will be giving us a quickie on the latest legal battle between church versus state.